This is the First Baptist Church of Oregon City podcast. This sermon was delivered 20 October 2019 by Pastor John Witham. The sermon text is Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. Thank you for listening. Here's The Table in the World. Can you hear it? Not the siren. (laughs) But can you hear it? You can hear, you can almost hear in the scripture passages, the labored footsteps, the, the heavy breathing of somebody who is not accustomed to physical activity. You can almost hear Zacchaeus huffing and puffing as he goes down the road because he knows Jesus is coming. Now, Zacchaeus has a curiosity about Jesus. He wants to know what is it that's so special about Jesus. We're given no context for where Zacchaeus has physically come from, but we know who Zacchaeus is. Everybody knew who Zacchaeus was. He was a tax collector. He was a colonizer from the Romans. And what's worse is he was one of them. He had come from their midst and taken on this task given to him by the Romans to take their money and use it to fuel their empire. And they didn't like that. And they didn't like Zacchaeus. And they didn't like the people who were underneath Zacchaeus, who would do the collections for him. Because those people would, would take what the cut that the Romans wanted, they would take the cut that Zacchaeus wanted, and then the tax collectors would take their own cut. Zacchaeus was not exactly the the most welcomed fellow into into the neighborhood. Zacchaeus also was was not allowed to worship in the temple because a lot of what he did rendered him ceremonially unclean. But Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus much like we might want to see if a, if a, a presidential motorcade passed down, um, passed down through Main Street. It's, it's quite a spectacle, no matter how you feel about the, the person who's in the, the black limousine with the tinted windows. It's quite a sight to see. But he wanted to catch a glimpse, but there was a problem. And it was a problem that I do not have Zacchaeus had, he was short. And much like the Randy Newman song, Life is Not Easy for Short People, and so Zacchaeus has to go running. He has to go find a way to get himself elevated. 
because he, he wasn't in a modern town with skyscrapers and high buildings that he could have you know, run up in and, and stood on the roof and looked down. So he had to go find a tree. And so you hear this guy huffing and puffing his way down the road, and he finds a tree, and the tax collector of the mighty Roman Empire climbs a tree. Visualize that for a second. Get, get this little chubby tax collector in your mind up in a tree. And he's just going to stay there for a second. The past couple of weeks, we have been talking about the presence of Jesus. Two weeks ago, we talked about experiencing Jesus' presence at the Lord's table, the table that Jesus sets and, and invites us to. Last week, we talked about how by gathering with other, with other followers of Jesus, we can invite people who are not believers into that same presence around tables in our homes. But if you're like me, you find yourself a lot of times in, in situations where the table you're sitting at is not necessarily in a place that recognizes the rule and reign of Jesus Christ in the world. We know from Matthew chapter 28 that Jesus is Lord over the whole earth. All authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me, Jesus says. So there's no place we go that is outside the lordship of Christ. When we gather for coffee at Sherry's uh, on the appointed Tuesday of the month, Jesus is Lord. People who are, are gathering for 5Ks and for um, different things that are happening on Sunday mornings right now, Jesus is Lord. People who are sleeping off things that they did last night. Jesus is Lord. But we are very aware in our world that there are places that do not acknowledge that lordship. There are places that are ignorant. There are places that are outright rebellious. So what do we do about those places? What do we do when we find ourselves in a place where Jesus' lordship is not recognized? Because we find ourselves in, in the midst of a lost and hurting world that is desperately looking for meaning. You see it everywhere. You see it when, when you go to a farmer's market and you see people who are standing around talking to each other. You see it when, when you go to, when you're, when you're driving down the road and you see a, a sign that's offering psychic readings. They're looking for meaning. I don't know, they're not getting it, but from there, 
But people are desperate for meaning in their lives. But we're in the midst of a culture right now that is using and misusing people for its own particular tendencies. You may have an Apple iPhone in your pocket. And I think they hit the nail on the head when they named the thing. Because it's an iPhone. It could stand for I. It could stand for isolation. Because through these devices, it separates us away from deeper connections with others. But at the same time, the software on these phones is intended to connect us with the others. And so when it's convenient for our world to sell us something for individuals, they'll separate people off from the pack. But when they need to tap into the herd mentality, they'll sell that just as easily. But where does that leave the world? We as followers of Jesus have enough trouble with it. If I had a nickel for every time I saw followers of Jesus falling into this trap of going along with the herd mentality just because that's what's been sold to them, I'd have a pretty sizable pile of nickels. I don't know what I'd do with all of them, but take them to the bank. Did they still take that? Um, but a lost and hurting world is getting tossed and turned. And they're isolated from true community. They're looking for it. They want to find it. Northern Seminary professor David Fitch in his book, Faithful Presence, was walking with a friend named Gordon through the town of Westmont, Illinois. And it's a... It's a kind of an in-between town. It's about halfway between um, Aurora, the second largest city in Illinois, and Chicago, the largest city in Illinois. And people will live there mostly so that they can commute to other areas. But in the book, he describes a scene where, where Dr. Fitch and, and his friend Gordon were walking through Westmont. And... It was evening, and so, you know, lights are on inside, and, and you can see inside places. And, and they looked, and, and there were people gathered around at a bar, and they were talking. And Dr. Fitch commented, they're looking for the Lord's table in there. They just haven't figured it out yet. And they walked a little bit farther, and there was a... a, a gaming shop, not video games, but board games and card games and things like that. And there were teenagers playing a, a popular card game inside. And he said, they're looking for the table. They just haven't found it yet. And as they continued to walk around the neighborhood, they saw families gathering for dinner late into the night. And he said, they're looking for the, the Lord's table. They just haven't found it yet. 
because people are looking for true community all over the place, but they're not finding it. And so that takes us back to the chubby tax collector in the tree. You don't climb a tree unless you have to, especially if you're chubby. I have personal experience with this, having been, having been chubby most of my life. And so Zacchaeus is up in the tree because he's looking for Jesus. He's heard this and that, and now he wants to see it. And so finally, Jesus comes by. And from here, three things happen. One, the text tells us that Zacchaeus looks down at Jesus, but Jesus sees Zacchaeus. He looks up at him. That's what it says. He looks up and sees Zacchaeus. And Jesus says to Zacchaeus, we need to have dinner. I'm coming to your house. Jesus meets Zacchaeus on his own turf. Major League Baseball's in the playoffs right now, and, and much is made about home field advantage. And I think in just about any sport, you like to have that home field advantage. Otherwise, we wouldn't have this phrase, home field advantage. You have your own fans behind you. You have your own people there. You know, if your team's color is red, you, you've just got this sea of red out in the crowd and allegedly their cheers are going to drown out the cheers of the, the visiting fans, and it's going to cheer your players on into victory. And none of the sports teams that I follow have ever experienced any measure of victory within my lifetime. And so, so it's the idea that you're at some sort of advantage. And so Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house. And at that time, that was a big deal. Here's why, the, why everybody's upset. Because you notice there's a lot of torqued off people at Jesus, to which Jesus would say, what else is new? But there's a lot of people who are upset that Jesus has gone to Zacchaeus' house because sitting down at dinner with somebody then, and it still happens now, we just don't talk about it like this, was a, was a social thing, was a social status. Because when you sat down at dinner with somebody, you, you were regarding them as equals. So if you were somebody of a higher status, you only ate with people of equal status. You didn't eat with people of lower status because that not only lowered you, but it elevated them, and you know, they didn't deserve that. But Jesus goes and eats at Zacchaeus' house. Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Zacchaeus, the Roman colonizer. Zacchaeus, the thief. And Jesus is having dinner at his house. But through the course of the meal, something happens. And, and the gospel is, is painfully unclear about this. Give us some snippets of conversation, Luke. Let's have some dialogue. 
But no. We, all we find out is that Jesus shows up for dinner and Zacchaeus stands up and makes a grand proclamation that he is giving away half of his wealth to the poor. Which is considerable from what we know about Roman tax collectors. But then if he has wronged anyone, he's going to repay them four times as much. He's not just reimbursing people. He's repairing relationships. And all because Jesus showed up and was present around Zacchaeus' table. So, the question being, how do we go into places that don't recognize the lordship of Christ and bring Jesus' presence in? We follow the example of Jesus with Zacchaeus. First of all, you've, you've got to learn, you've got to retrain your eyes. Now, my eyes have been retrained for uh, most of my life now. I've had varying prescriptions of glasses. They keep getting thicker. But we have to retrain the way we see people. Because we may be tempted to look at a group of people participating in an activity, and that activity might be a little rough and ready. You might see people sitting around a bar. You might see a group of rowdy people sitting around a bar. But Jesus is Lord in that bar. You might overhear people mocking, openly mocking the ways of Jesus and his church. But Jesus is Lord over those people. And so you need to look past the things that offend our sensibilities sometimes and see people. Jesus didn't see a tax collector in a tree. Jesus saw a beloved child of God who was yearning, desperate for something more than what he was currently living out. And that's the world that we live in. Think about the places where you go regularly. Maybe it's a coffee shop. Maybe it's a restaurant. Maybe it's something at the public library or something in school or the cafeteria lunch table at school. Maybe it is a bar. There's nothing wrong with Christians going into bars. And you look around at what's happening there. Withhold judgment. Judgment's easy. There's a show called Judge Judy where uh, a feisty older woman dishes out judgment, like two or three judgments an episode. Judgment's easy. Being patient. That's something else. Seeing the world Jesus' eyes, that's something different. 
So you look past the front and you see the people. You meet them where they are. You can't expect people who have never followed Jesus before to suddenly begin following Jesus just because you sat down at their table or because you went to dinner at their house or you walked into their cubicle at work. Can God work that way? Yes. Does God usually work that way? Not in my experience. Because when we meet people where they are, we learn about them as much as they learn about us. We learn about who they are, and they learn about who we are, and we become equals. Because we are saved by grace, yes, amen? We did nothing to deserve this salvation, did we? No. So when we are on their turf, we are equals with them. We go to where they are, we meet them where they are, and we observe. We can't go in with an agenda. If you go in with an agenda thinking that, yes, I'm going to go in, yes, okay, I see these people, yes, I'm on their turf, okay, great, now I can have a conversation. Have you heard of the four spiritual laws? That's not how it works. It doesn't happen that way. You sit and you talk and you wait and you treat them, shockingly, like human beings. You ask them questions that, that you wish people would ask you. Yeah. How are you today, really? You know, what's good in your life? What hurts in your life? If they're not there ready for that conversation yet, just get to know them. What are their likes? What are their dislikes? What's their favorite movie? What's their least favorite movie? Because you have to get to know the actual person and let yourself be known in the process. Now, this is the hard part, is we have to trust that Jesus is working in the background. We want something we can see, can't we? We want something where, where we can say, you know, okay, there, on a scale of 1 to 10, as far as coming to Jesus, we can see that they're about a 4, we want it to be linear. We want it to be an easy progression. Kind of like when somebody's trying to raise money for something and they have one of those thermo giant thermometers. We, we'd like to be able to color in something so that we could see where people are in, in coming to Jesus, but we can't. That's just not the way it works. And so what we have to do is we pray. We continue doing this good work of being present with people, being in their midst, seeing them, meeting them where they are, and trust that as we do this, Jesus is present. 
Because when I go into a bar, there's no one stopping me from taking a minute to silently pray and ask Jesus to be present with me nearby. When I go to a coffee shop, there's nothing stopping me from taking a moment and looking around to see a situation where Jesus might be looking to work in. A lot of times we try to separate out the sacred and the secular. We try to separate out and figure, we try to discern what's holy ground and what isn't. But when we realize that Jesus is Lord, and when we realize that through the church, God is setting things right in Jesus' name, we don't discern what's holy ground and what isn't because it's all holy ground. What we're discerning is where Jesus is Lord and where Jesus is not. And we are welcoming Jesus' presence in to the dark places, to the lost places, to the hopeless places. And we are filling them with the light, the love, and the good news of the gospel that through Jesus Christ, everyone is welcome around God's table. Amen.